spooky friends for another cursed episode of Dairyland Frights, the paranormal podcast that covers everything spooky, creepy, and mysterious in the Midwest. My name is John, and you heard that right. This episode is cursed. All right. <laughs> Maybe it's not cursed because we want you to listen to the episode. We don't want to curse people. Um, <laughs> but it is our 13th episode, so we had to make a little superstitious. And I'm here with my two co-hosts. As always, Brooke and Megan, how are you guys doing? Doing great. I'm excited about these cursed stories we're going to share with you all. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, we are excited. Um, and we're going to be covering, there are so many uh, cursed things out there, objects and everything. So mm -hmm. if you really like this episode, make sure you rate it uh, and like it, and we will definitely revisit it. So we're going to cover... Basically, some of the best curse object stories we could find. But like I said, there's a lot. But before we get to that, all right, Megan, I'll start with you. Do you <laughs> believe in curses? I don't know. I could I could be, you know, swayed either way. I, mm. I don't know. I know, like, some people have, you know, museums full of cursed objects and people yeah. have crazy experiences while Zach they're there. Baggins. Yeah. Baggins, by the way. <laughs> So I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. So we'll see what. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Bro. What do you think? <laughs> um, I feel like, so I was doing a lot of research to try to find, I was literally looking up like most legit curses or curses that might actually be real. Like trying to find, cause sure. I just think that a lot of like the most popular ones that people mm -hmm. talk about all the time, like Annabelle and all that stuff. Like I, I don't sure. really believe in that. I think I, it kind of annoys me a little bit, but I, I do believe, <laughs> I guess in certain I don't know. I I think I believe a little bit in it, but I don't think it's like massive scale curses. Sure. Like, right? Yeah. Uh, it, you it, know. Yeah. It, exactly. And that's kind of I feel uh, what you're both saying there. Uh, now, uh, curse. Now, remember, curses and superstitions. Those are completely different. So, for example, I'll be honest. I'm superstitious, and like when I watch Packer games, I have to sit in the same chair. I have to wear <laughs> the same outfit every Sunday. I have to drink the same drink. Eat I get the that. Same lunch. Why? But they didn't even know. make the playoffs, John. So right. Maybe and you I, need. So, exactly. So I screwed <laughs> I that change up. Change it up. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got to change it up. I think. Exactly. <laughs> so we might do superstitions down the line. You know, Megan and Brooke and I will talk about it. See if we want to do superstitions, especially around the fall, around October, where they come into you know more prominent so but let's start out with brooke i love this ice man curse story so take it yes. away brooke. i'm i'm excited this one was really interesting to me um it's not really a cursed object i don't want to refer to him as an object also sorry if you hear <laughs> sure. my dog squeaking a squeaker <laughs> toy in the background but just something we have to live with um yeah but a cursed man i suppose so this yeah, is sure. about um yeah it's about Utsi the Iceman. Also, I just want to also preface, I know we always say uh, spooky stories about the Midwest in the intro. Oh my God, my dog is being ridiculous. Um, uh, this does not take place anywhere near the Midwest. This takes place in Italy. Um, I was trying to find like a cursed object story that related to something in the Midwest. But again, I found a couple, but I didn't really like believe them. 
Mm. Um, so I kind of picked this one because I thought it was really interesting and I kind of believe there might be something to it, but we'll see. We'll see. So to set the scene in a remote area of the Utzel Alps, Utzel Alps in Northern Italy, about 5,300 years ago, a warrior was shot in the back by an arrow, uh, striking a main artery. He was likely dead from blood loss within minutes. And he ended up being perfectly preserved in ice, becoming one of the oldest and most well-preserved mummies in the world. Mm. In 1991, he was finally discovered by a German tourist and his wife. But maybe he was not so happy about being disturbed as many of the people... Oh, my freaking God. (laughs) um, Many of the people surrounding the discovery and research of Utsi suffered untimely and strange deaths. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. You will see. I I feel like you guys find this very interesting. So um, from the Penn Museum, I just want to give a little bit of background about the discovery of Utsi. So the Penn Museum, this is a direct quote from them. It's a little long, but I think it's interesting. So he was found on the border between Italy and Austria at an altitude of 3,200 meters above sea level. He is a well-preserved male human corpse, dark in color and dates to the early Copper Age, indicating he is more than 5,000 years old. His belongings, which were scattered around his body, included a bow and quiver with arrows, a complete copper-bladed axe, a flint dagger with a wicker sheath, two birch wood vessels clad with maple leaves, remnants of a backpack, a leather pouch with small objects, fur and leather garments, shoes, and other minor artifacts. So it's really cool. He was found with like all this stuff around him. So they like were able to put together like a very good kind of story around his his death and like learn a ton from this mummy so it's really interesting yeah um also Utsi was five foot two and estimated to be about 46 years old when he died Hmm. and he is one of the oldest mummies and most well preserved um and he actually lived before the ancient egyptian pyramids were even constructed so i thought that was interesting as well so he's older than any of the egyptian mummies i would think that 46 years old would actually be a pretty good age way back then yeah. yeah you i was also thinking that because yeah wouldn't wouldn't expect that no um, no yeah so there's a lot of interesting uh interesting stories around this mummy and his discovery and the people who were involved with his discovery and like initial research of his body and the untimely deaths that they faced so the first one that happened. So remember this discovery was in 1991. So about a year okay. later, um, this first, his first victim, so to speak, was a <laughs> man named Rainer Hen. So Rainer Hen was the head of the forensic team who initially examined Utsi. And he was actually the one, um, he was one of the first people to make contact with him. And he was even the one to pick up his body with his bare hands to place Ooh. him into a body bag. Ooh, wow. um, yeah. So really interesting. He had very obviously close contact with yeah. Utsi. And he actually died in a car crash on his way to give a lecture about Utsi in Ooh. 1992. Mm-hmm. He was suspicious. Yeah, very, very interesting. Very sad. He was 64 years old um, and he loved what he did. So at least he, you know, at least he got to do some really hey. cool stuff before he died. <laughs> but, hey, Brooke. What? Brooke, this is interesting. 46, 64. That's to true. Hmm. That's Ooh. true. And I will say, like, you'll see a lot of the guys uh, who will talk about work kind of in that same age range as Utsi, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, 46, 64, that is interesting. Yeah, you will see um, that with my curse I will bring up. There's going to be 
a bunch of numbers in there that you'll go, wow. So yeah. that's kind of you hear that with curses a lot too. That right, a lot of numbers, a significant yeah. part in the curses for sure. So, yeah. Um. So the next person to die was named Kurt Fritz, and he died not long after Rainer Hen. And he was actually a mountaineer who actually led Rainer Hen to Utzi's body. So basically, this German mm. tourist found it. He like reported it. Um, and then Kurt Fritz was like a local mountaineer who like knew the area very well. So he led Rainer Hen out to his body safely. Um, so he was a very experienced climber, mountaineer. He knew the area super well. Um, however, he actually died in an avalanche in um, like shortly after Rainer Hen died at age he was only 52 years old and on the expedition he was on he was the only person in his party who was actually struck by this avalanche and killed hmm, uh, wow. which was very strange as well so yeah. i don't think he was necessarily in the same exact area where they found utsi or anything but sure. um it was it was strange and kind of untimely that he died in this way um given the situation yeah um at this point though they're still not really they haven't really talked about the mm. quote-unquote curse yeah the, these sure. were just kind of thought of as like two sad things that happened but then another thing happened Ooh. not long after kurt fritz died a man named rainer holzel so we have rainer hen and rainer holzel mm -hmm. um rainer holzel was actually a journalist and he was the only man who was given permission to film the removal of utzi's body from the mountain so he was they're like taking pictures and video of like the exhumation of his body, I guess, although they didn't really like have to uncover him. He was kind of just laying out there. Um, so he died tragically again at age 47 from a brain tumor. And this was only months after he actually released a documentary about the excavation of Utsi's body. It would be really like an hour long documentary. So again, strange. He was 47 let's see was 46 i thought it was just kind of interesting that he was that young but yeah. he was um i'm pretty sure he was known to be like a pretty healthy guy um and he just happened to get a brain tumor hmm. and sadly pass away yeah um so that was interesting i will say something something kind of odd uh to me was specifically for the last two guys i talked about so kurt fritz and rainer holzel I wasn't really able to find like their exact death date. So I knew like Rainer Hen was 1992. That was like pretty set in stone. But Kurt Fritz and Rainer Hosel have both said that it happened shortly after Rainer Hen's death. But I couldn't find like an obituary online or anything for either of these guys. And for Rainer Hosel specifically, it said that he was like a very well-known Australian journalist. And I still like couldn't find anything about him um, other mm -hmm. than stuff specifically related to like the curse and the Iceman. Um, so I just thought that was a little interesting. It was like yeah. 1992, so I don't know if they would have like, and obviously a lot of this happened in like Austria and Italy and stuff. So maybe the obituaries would be in another language and I couldn't easily find them in English. I'm not sure. really sure, but I, but I did try to find them and I couldn't really like confirm anything because I was trying to find the exact date of all of these deaths. So, mm -hmm. um, all I know is supposedly they happened shortly after Rainer Hens, but yeah. Moving on a little bit to 2004, so this is, you know, about 10 years after, 10 to 11 years after the other guy's deaths. 
Um, this is the death that happened that really kind of convinced people that something weird was going on. Um, and Ooh. this one's a little creepy. So, <laughs> uh, so Helmut Simon was the man who actually, he was the tourist who actually found Utsi's body okay. in the first place when he was with his wife in 1991. Um, and so 13 years after his discovery, he, he was, I guess, like kind of frustrated because he, um, he thought that he deserved some kind of like, um, I don't know, some kind of money for finding Utsi because, yeah, yeah and, and fair enough, you know, like he yeah. they were making so much money off of like displaying his <laughs> body at museums and uh -huh. stuff. And he's like, hey, I found, I found this mummy, like I haven't gotten anything for it. And I saw like two different stories. One, um, one story said that, sorry, one second. One story said that he never actually got a finder's fee and he was still really frustrated at this point. But mm. another one said that he was finally awarded a, um, a finder's fee. And so as like a celebration, he actually went back to the Utsal mountains um, <laughs> where he found Utsi. Yeah. And, but either way he, he did go back to the Utsal mountains. Um, and while he was climbing in the same area where he found Utsi, a freak blizzard came in and oh. actually, he fell like 300 feet off the cliff Ooh. to his death. Yikes. Yeah. And so he ended up being like, well, they said he was frozen to death. He probably fell from his fall and then froze afterwards. But um, yeah. it was just very interesting that he was found frozen, like in the same spot where he found the scene to begin oh, with. Yeah. That's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. And again, like it's very like quintessential curse type thing. So, uh, I feel like that's kind of why all of a sudden people were like, oh, like, wait, we have to go back and look at all these other deaths now because what's going on? Right. <laughs> um, so very interesting. Uh, one thing is Helmut Simon was 67. So not that that's like, mm -hmm. like old or anything, but to be like hiking through the Alps, it is a little <laughs> older. Yeah. Like maybe that wasn't the best thing for him to be doing. Yeah. Um, exactly. So kind of interesting. But then this one was also very odd to me. So when uh, Helmut Simon disappeared, uh, this man, Dieter Warnicke, was another like mountain mountaineer guy. So he was on the mountain rescue team and he was sent out to find Helmut Ooh. to find his body because they had like assumed he was dead. And mm. he found Helmut. They recovered his body. And then within an hour of Helmut's funeral, Dieter actually died of a heart attack at age what? 45. Yeah. yeah. Like, isn't that weird? Like, that's weird. That <laughs> is crazy. Yeah. So again, another one. People are just kind of like, "There's something weird going on." Oh my god, my, I'm apologize about my dog. He's being so freaking annoying. Uh, We're all right. <laughs> just so sorry about the yipping and squeaking in the background. But you know, he's very cute though. But um, so there's two more deaths. Yeah. Um, that happen. This next one is a man named Conrad Spindler. This happened in 2004 as well. So this was just wow. a couple months after these other two deaths happened. Yeah. Um, so Conrad Spindler was an archaeologist who was one of the one of the first to investigate Utsi's remains. And he actually publicly kind of scoffed at the curse and was calling it all like media hype. He was kind of making butt of it. And he even <laughs> said, like, the next thing you know, like, I'm going to be the one who's next. Oh, or whatever. Dude. Oh, and sure enough, <laughs> I know. Uh, sure enough, he was the one who was next. And um, he died shortly after 
um, after saying this due to complications from multiple sclerosis at age 55. Wow. So, oh, man. so he sh- maybe he shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> um, but then, this is the most recent one. This was in 2005. So still, it's been a while since the most recent death. Yeah. Um, but this was Dr. Tom Loy. So Dr. Tom Loy was a U.S. born molecular archaeologist. Um, and Loy didn't also not did not believe in the curse. Um, and he actually did some really interesting work. So he carried out um, a DNA analysis of Utsi, piecing together um, his death and determining with certainty that he was not alone at the time of his death. Um, so a lot of people believe that Utsi was kind of like, you know, in the mountains and someone just like kind of came up to him and shot him with the arrow and killed him. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of tragic. Um, yeah. But he actually like put together all this evidence showing that there was um, evidence of like four different humans blood on his clothes oh. um which was interesting because it proved that he was not alone and they actually um based on like i don't know where the blood was like on his clothing they um gathered that he actually was hunting with a companion and then they got into like a territorial territorial skirmish and sure. Etsy appears to have like leaned against this companion for support as he passed away so i know so this was like considered a major discovery because people like a bunch of people like like, people really loved utsi like they uh you know were really excited when he was found especially in europe because he was such a major discovery and so when they found out that he like didn't have the super tragic death that they thought he did they were very happy Mm. um so people were very excited about like tom yeah Maybe we'll cover this here, Andy, uh, when you're winding up here. But what is on to me is nobody took his stuff. Yeah, that is true. Isn't that strange? Because yeah, this that his stuff was so around. Like, you know, you would definitely take his weapons. Why, why right. wouldn't you take his weapons? Why wouldn't you take his clothes? Why wouldn't you take... That is true. I, I mean, I right? guess... Yeah, I guess I don't know. I don't know enough about, like what people were like back so far so long ago maybe they thought like taking his stuff would have been like some kind of bad omen or something i don't really know that's what i was thinking yeah yeah a curse another curse on top of Mm -hmm. that's Um, interesting though yeah the other thing too is that um or maybe i mean who knows too maybe his companion like killed those guys like before you know a lot of things i guess could have happen but right um one thing too is i saw a couple times in different articles that i read that like this um this story about him getting like killed by an arrow and like bleeding out immediately and everything was a little Mm -hmm. bit like romanticized like that's what they initially kind of thought probably Mm -hmm. happened and then people kind of like took it and ran with it and were like oh this like tragic story about this old stone age warrior Mm -hmm. um and so they didn't even really like uh, like people didn't really want to hear a different story, um, right? So yeah, so I guess like there still is a little bit of, it's a little up to interpretation, like what right. happened a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, but it is interesting. Um, but it's it's good to know that in either case, it sounds like he you know had someone with him when he passed away. But um, and so people were really happy about like Dr. Tom Loy's discoveries and they were considered very important and um influential at the time um and as it goes um loy was actually on the cusp of finishing um, a book about his discovery when at age 63 he was found dead in his home in brisbane 
Um, according to his family, he was actually diagnosed with a blood condition shortly after becoming involved with Utsi 12 years prior. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So he started doing research on Utsi like pretty much right after they found him. I guess 12 years would be like 1993. He started doing research on oh, okay. Utsi. Um, yeah. And right around that time, he got diagnosed with a blood disease. And mm. um, presumably, his death had something to do with his blood disease. At least that's what sure. his family said. So, again, it's untimely it's yeah. sad um, but again like people die but um so this is all obviously strange but um it is important to kind of remember that tons of researchers and scientists have come into yeah. contact with Lipsy in mm -hmm. some way over the last three decades because he was a very major discovery with like lots of researchers um, lots of photographers photographing sure. his body and doing all this stuff to research him and uh, most of them have gone on to live full lives with no untimely deaths. Um, mm -hmm. right, I think like the main thing is it is weird that like three of the people who were there when he was first or four, four of the people who were there when he was first like found and removed from the mountain all died in very strange ways. Like I think that's the main thing that people think is, is odd, but yeah, but again, like, there are other people there on the mountain that day too, that did not die in strange ways. Um, so, and a lot of the researchers involved don't necessarily believe in this curse, but right. it is interesting. Um, and if you're wondering where Utsi is today, he I is am. actually <laughs> good. Thanks. And I have that answer for you. Um, he is in a refrigerated, a refrigerated chamber at the South Tyrol Archaeological Museum in Bolzano, Italy. So mm. he has his own custom chamber where he is constantly maintained at negative 21.2 degrees Fahrenheit or negative 30 degrees Celsius. And he attracts up to 300,000 visitors per wow. year to mm. that museum. Yeah, so very cool. A lot of people still really uh, love going to see him and think it's really interesting and it is interesting. If you look at pictures of him, it's it's yeah. it's crazy to think that this this guy is fifty three hundred years old. It's it's pretty cool. Pretty yeah, that cool. that was an awesome story, Brooke. One of the things that I always get from these stories is, and this is where the skeptics come in. I mean, if you are, I mean, mountain climbing is dangerous itself, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you never know. Like all these people who 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 freehand climbing cliff faces, you're like. Are you crazy? <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, I know. Ropes or nothing. And, you know, there's a documentary that I watched called Free Solo. And oh, it's that's cool. Oh. <laughs> yes, communist. I watched that too. Yeah. Gives me anxiety. I, like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> One slip in your debt, right? Right. Yeah. So with curses, you're kind of like, He's 60. Well, you're talking about that one gentleman, Helmut, I believe. Um, yeah, where he's 67. 67 years old. Mm -hmm. I'm in a mountain, huh? Right. <laughs> a little risky. I'm taking a nap. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's my crazy thing for the day. Exactly. Uh, so I think that's interesting. And then, like, heart conditions and stuff like that. You don't know, right? Because we've all either heard or have a family member. You're like, oh, Uncle Jack, you know, he died like suddenly. You're like, what happened? Oh, he had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. You're like, really? You know? Yeah, and they seem you know totally saying? healthy and yeah. 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 But stuff so, happens, you know? Exactly. So with that curse, just what I think it is, is it's kind of a strange coincidence. That's kind of my feeling yeah. on this. Um, I agree. What do you think, Megan? Do you think it's just strange coincidence or do you, do you believe in this curse? 
Hmm. I thought first I thought it was really interesting that it was only oh. men that were being yeah. affected, which is really interesting because mm -hmm. there's so many of them. Yeah. But in a way, I almost feel like this is a nice redemption story for him. Like he probably would have never known that he'd still be, you know, having his story told thousands <laughs> right. of years later. So yeah. Yeah. In, a, in a kind of weird way, it's kind of a touching story to me. I agree. Yeah, it's interesting. It's all men like kind of in like around his age range. Like a lot of them right. were in their 40s. Helmet was a little a little older, but 40s and 50s seem to be. Um, yeah, it is kind of kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I just think it, what's interesting more about it, too, is over 300,000 visitors per year go through that. And how many of those yeah. 300,000? Like, <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, if, exactly. If there was a lot, if this was really cursed, let's say 100,000 of these people are dying. And everybody would be like, whoops. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things, too, when people uh, have talked about King Tut's curse, right? You know, mm -hmm. All that. One of the things they found out later was, well, obviously, these places that they go in are not exactly the cleanest places. <laughs> yeah, they've been, mm -hmm. you know, shut off oh, for thousands right. of years. Yeah, exactly. So when you unseal it, all these dangerous bacteria and molds and fungus, mm -hmm. and you feed that right in. Well, yeah, duh. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> happen to you. That so, is very true. So it's kind of interesting with this as people are handling it. Although that one doctor who handled it for years, you know. He had MS, you know, mm -hmm. that's a, that's kind of ongoing. That thing kind of starts and then it gets worse and worse and worse. But mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, interesting. I love it. It's a really interesting one. So uh, Megan, you have a chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doesn't sound very spooky, does it? But it is. It? But I've heard about this one and I love this one. This is one of my favorites. <laughs> great. This is a great story. I'm excited to share it with you all. So before I get started, I want you to to just take a second and imagine a wooden chair in your minds, okay? This I'm chair is like really yeah, perfect, John. <laughs> Keep those close. I'm closing. So this chair oh. is like really well built. It's like a yeah. nice dark stained oak. It's really huh? solid. It has nice armrests. Ooh, Ooh with I like a tall it. back and a ornate <laughs> wooden spindles Ooh. on it. Like, it's a good, solid chair. So have either of you ever, you know, owned a chair like this? Or maybe your grandparents had one? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. You know, course. it's your run-of-the-mill, nicely built chair, all right? So keep that in your minds, because this is basically the chair that I'm going to be or, um, describing in my hey, story hey, today. Hey, Megan? Megan, mm -hmm. I'm drinking a beer. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, go for it. This is Wisconsin, John. <laughs> I can drink a beer in my mind when I'm on this chair. <laughs> Only thing you're missing is those cheese curds. I got yeah. them. I got cheese curds too. So I got beer <laughs> cheese curds. I'm sitting on the chair. I am there right now. So. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Get comfy, John, because this is I'm a comfy. scary story. Delicious. <laughs> All right. Perfect. So this story I'm going to tell today is called Thomas Busby's Stoop Chair, which sounds very wholesome, right? It sounds like a nice yeah. little children's book. It's not. It's does very much. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's it's bad. So you, know, you guys are going to love this cursed story I'm going to tell yeah. you. So when you kind of take a look at this wooden chair, you know, it's like your run-of-the-mill chair. Nothing huh. really looks too off about it. But this is actually one of the most cursed chairs in existence. And it's from the 1700s. It's kind of cool. 
So back in the day, I'm going to give some backstory. There was this guy named Thomas Busby. And this dude was not a good guy. He was a drunkard. He was violent towards his wife. He was just like a general bully. Like people didn't like him. Yeah. And he lived mm. back in um, North Yorkshire in the UK. So again, this is also a story that doesn't take place in the Midwest, but it's definitely worth That's okay. telling. <laughs> yes. Natural babies. All right. Thomas Busby. One day in 1702, Thomas Busby, he just decides, I'm going to murder my <laughs> father-in-law, Daniel. Okay. You know, you just wake up and murder someone, you know. Yeah, happens. yeah sometimes. <laughs> so Thomas and Daniel, they were actually running a coin counterfeiting business together, and they got in an argument <laughs> about the business. Like I said, these are two seedy dudes. <laughs> so... You know, Busby ends up killing his father-in-law, Daniel, unfortunately. So Busby gets arrested, he's tried, and then he's condemned to death by hanging. You know how it goes in the 1700s. True. Not yep. good. Not good. <laughs> but this is where it's kind of messed up. <laughs> After Busby I gets know. hanged. <laughs> yeah, it gets worse, John. It gets worse? Okay. It gets a lot worse. After his execution, they took Busby's corpse and they suspended it in chains at the gallows for, you know, everybody to see. And oh no. In my mind, it's like, okay, you do that to somebody's body, this ghost is going to be ticked, right? Oh, right. Something bad's going to happen out of this story. So there was this close by inn, which later became known as the Busby's Stoop Inn. And it kind of got its name from the stoop or, you know, the post which his body was seen on after he was okay. put to death. But allegedly, this place is said to be haunted by Busby's ghost. And there's this chair at the inn that's kind of gained this sinister reputation that's tied to Busby's ghost. So there are a lot of different stories about why a chair just got cursed from this guy's ghost. So one story I heard was that Busby was cursing in this chair um, on his way to his execution. Whereas other stories say that he was drunk and he was sitting in the chair when they kind of yanked him out and he was arrested. So that's how he's supposedly tied to this chair. No one really knows, but <laughs> there's a lot of speculation about it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. But here's where it gets weird. Over the years, several people who have sat in this chair have faced untimely deaths, mm, which is yeah. interesting. Mm -hmm. So back in the day, locals claimed that during the Second World War, Canadian airmen from the nearby base went to this pub and people who sat in this chair never returned from the bombings missions that they had in mainland Europe. Mm. And then in the 1970s, some fatal accidents were linked with the chair. So finally, in 1978, the pub owner was like, I don't want this in my possession anymore. I'm giving it to a museum. Probably a good, good, good choice on their part. <laughs> so today, Busby's chair is at the Thirsk Museum <laughs> in England. And this is so funny to me. They actually hung the chair on the yeah. wall so that yeah. nobody could sit in it. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> so yeah. interesting. So I guess since it was removed from the pub, nobody has sat in it since. So that's a good thing. But I have a so, question. Yeah, go for it, Brooke. When it was at the pub, was it just like a normal chair?
among all the other chairs though. That was like what I want to know. I couldn't find any information about it. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know if it was like up on a pedestal like on display or if it was like I think it was just on the floor for people to sit in. Oh, so people yeah. didn't even like know the risk they were taking. No. no. That's kind of unfair actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I can I can add some commentary to it. Um no, that chair was put out in the bar for years and you could sit on it. Yeah. You know? In fact, there would be people who would dare each other to sit in that chair. So people in the oh, okay. local neighborhood knew about the chair, right? So right, but would others be, be yeah. like, "Hey, Brooke Megan, sit in that chair. I dare you." Well, and it's right. drunk people too. Of course, they're going to want to, you yeah. know, dare each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So there are some stories just to add to this a little bit because I, 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 <laughs> I, when you were looking this up, uh, one of the things I just remembered is. Like people who have sat in this chair have gotten car accidents, have gotten, mm-hmm. into, uh, you know, like right. bites and have died and heart attacks and on and on and on and on. There's just a, just a lot but, of weirdness to that chair, right? But if they were drunk, then getting in car accidents maybe <laughs> exactly. was not so unusual. Mm-hmm. You might that. be onto something, Brooke. Mm. <laughs> right there, you go. You heard it here first, the Dairyland fright. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, guys. I have a plot twist for you, though. Ooh, plot Ooh. twist. So I was doing some research, and this furniture historian—I guess those exist—decided that he was going to examine Busby's chair. Uh-oh. And when he was taking a look at it, he found that it was actually made with machine-turned spindles, which okay. weren't the—that kind of machinery wasn't available in the 1800s when oh. Busby was oh. around. So he actually dated this chair to 1840, which is 138 years after Busby's execution. So that's just just one person's take. So So, to me, this seems like a story that was kind of made up and added to over mm, the years. So personally, mm. to me, I would probably debunk this story, but I don't know about you. What do you guys think? Brooke. Yeah, I, I I definitely agree. I mean, if someone, I don't know many his furniture historians. I can't imagine that many people out there have that title. So <laughs> I, I feel like I have to trust his opinion. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say I I I would agree with you, Megan, that I feel like it probably debunked itself there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so what's so funny about this is, and curses, is it's all in your mind, right? If some, if I would say, if I would hand either one of you a cursed pencil, and I would say, Brooke, do not write with this pencil. It is cursed. <laughs> it, right. Everyone, you'd Immediately your mind's going, why is John giving me a cursed pencil, and why is it cursed? And it's a pencil. <laughs> right? Right, right. So either but your mind, like, yeah. Yeah, so and then I think. Thinking about that. Right. And then like any bad thing that happens to you after you yeah. use that pencil, you'd be like, oh my yeah. God, it's the cursed pencil that it's did this to me. Pencil. Right. Right. And I think a lot of it comes back to that is people almost like manifesting themselves into these bad situations. Like, oh my God, I sat on a cursed chair and then I got in a car accident because of the right. cursed chair. But they're probably like panicking about it the whole time. That's maybe right. why right. they got in a car accident because they were anxious mm-hmm. about it, you know? Absolutely. And and by the way, this is why you listen to Dairyland Frights. Look at the great facts we have. <laughs> right. You don't find this on any other podcast. Let me tell you that. You find it right here on Dairyland Fright. So awesome. Fine, Megan. That, that's great. And like I said, I no, it's not cursed. Come on. 
I'm going to go with no on this one. How many times you've been out at a bar and someone's sitting on a bar stool and they're just having a crappy day and they're like, I hate this place and this blah, blah, blah. And you're thinking, yeah, buddy, (laughs) just, you know, sober up. Like, Mm -hmm. have that chair curse from a a kind of a scumbag like this guy was like, "Mm." right? (laughs) You don't have that much. Yeah. If you told me John. it was like a local witch, like a local witch sat down on this chair and said, I cursed this chair, you might be like, yeah. Ooh, then no. I might believe it. Right. <laughs> John, would you sit in the chair if you had an opportunity to, or would you be Absolutely. too scared? You would? Absolutely. You Yikes. damn right I would. <laughs> I am so looking forward to down the road, if once we blow up, we're going to do a live thing where I'm sitting in that chair. <laughs> He's gonna you rip it off the wall. Take it off the wall. Yeah, <laughs> and well, you like, might you get arrested. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's uh, what the bad happens to me. And then, oh, there you go. Yeah, it'll be like, oh, I got arrested because of the curse. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good cop yeah. out for me. Thank you, Brooke. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I love that story. That is, that is a great story. So. Ladies, what if I told you that in Hollywood there was a cursed script that killed six people? Whoa. Interesting. That's crazy. I need to know. Six people. One very famous person from oh. Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, there Ooh. we go. Okay. That's our, our whole There's land. our tie-in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. So there's this script that is not around Hollywood anymore. Nobody knows where the script is. But similar to, you know, these curses and everything like that, people have seen this script. It's somewhere, who knows? And the script, let's, it's called Atok or Atok. Um, okay. And see if you've heard this before, this, this storyline. So the story is about, uh, well, it was a book first. And the story was about an Inuit poet from Baffin Island, Baffin Island, I believe, who gets sent to Toronto. So it's a total fish out of water story. Okay, so that was the book. Okay, but when they were going to turn it into a script and adapt it to a script, the movie version is this, uh, well, whatever, Inuit person lives in Alaska and ends up in New York City. And how he does that is... And again, let me see if you've heard this before or seen this movie. A woman visits his town in Alaska. She's a documentarian. And when she leaves, the Atuk or Atuk, he basically stows away in the plane. And when he arrives in New York, he saves a young man who is the son of a powerful real estate mogul. And hijinks ensue. <laughs> wow. Hmm. Have you heard that one before? Oh, maybe like Crocodile Dundee or maybe. Oh, like, right. You know what I'm or elf. 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 Right. <laughs> Sounds like elf, elf to me. Exactly. <laughs> you can go on and on. Like the fish out of water. Oh, I'm from the South and now I'm in New York City. What do mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Same old thing. So, <laughs> who is the script kill? You may know some of these names. And if you don't, your parents definitely know who these people are <laughs> or people my age um so this script killed six people including john belushi john candy oh. sam Kinison, chris farley oh there we go and mm. bill hartman 
Okay. So, okay. So, John Belushi, you know, he's from Animal House. He's in the 80s. Very, very, very famous comic. Mm-hmm. John Candy from the 80s and 90s. Maybe you've seen John Candy. Love John Candy. Trains and automobiles. Also, uh, The Great Outdoors, which took place the in Wisconsin. Great Outdoors. <laughs> so there's another time. Sam Kinison is one of my favorite comics. Uh, women don't like him too much <laughs> because he makes fun of women a lot and screams a lot. Uh, people who know, know him who love is. him. He's very, very funny. He had some really good bits. And we all know Chris Farley. Right, of course, yes. Uh, you know, from Tommy Boy, um, also Beverly Hills Ninja, which is one of the funniest movies I still think to this day. Um, Bill Hartman, he was pretty much in every '80s comedy. Uh, he was on Saturday Night Live. Used to play Bill Clinton, you know, impersonate Bill Clinton. If you see him, you'll go like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that guy. Oh, okay, how that sound?" And, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, a friend. Michael O'Donohue was a friend of John Candy. Uh, he died too. Uh, he's kind of like a writer producer. So <laughs> hmm. this is what happened. Everybody, well, at least these people, who have read this script and have said, yeah, I want to be a part of it. So they first gave the script back in the early 80s to John Belushi. So John Belushi was unbelievably popular. He just came off of like Animal House and... Um, he did a show, a uh, movie called Neighbors, and he was just uh, Blues Brothers, just huge. I mean, one of the biggest comedy stars at that time. And uh, Belushi was found tragically uh, dead in a hotel room in Chateau Marmont by his trainer, Bruce Wallace. Uh, Bruce Wallace. Um, he was only 33. Now, listen to my numbers. Pay attention, pay, pay close attention to the numbers, ladies, mm. and for you listening at home. Uh, the cause <laughs> of death was determined to be drug-related, most likely a speedball. Remember that, too, okay? Remember the cause of death. <clears throat> okay. His death was investigated by a forensic pathologist, and the findings were disputed. Hmm. Uh, two months later, and this is really sad, his girlfriend or fiance, nobody knows who she really was, to be honest, Catherine Evelyn, Evelyn Smith admitted she had been with Belushi on the night of his death, and had given him the fatal dosage. Ooh. And the case was reported. She was arrested and charged as first-degree murder. Um, nice. She died in jail a few years ago. But this is shortly after John Belushi read this script and said, I'm in. Okay? Hmm. Right. So John Candy, uh, he died of a heart attack. How many times we've heard in today's episode. After mm-hmm. reading the script. And he was 43 years old. Hmm. So, then okay. Sam Kinison died in a car crash. He was 38 years old. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing about the, him was, yes, he was a drug fiend and he was off the rails. <laughs> but just after, just before the script, he went. Sam Kinison went totally clean. He checked into rehab. You know, he found God. He was going to turn his life around. He, his friends and family were so proud of him that he was able to do this. And when he got in his car crash, what the weird thing was, the person in the car crash with him, a couple scratches, no problem. Hmm. And when the police and the ambulance got there, they thought he was going to live. It looks like, you know, a couple of bruises and scratches. But on the way to the hospital, he died. And nobody hmm. knows why. Like, to this day, they're trying to figure that out. They, they, they're saying it's a heart attack or something with his heart. But still, that doesn't make sense. 
Um, and huh. nobody really knows. So then Chris Farley, he died of a drug overdose. Speedball, <laughs> right? Like Hero Belushi at 33. Um, and Chris oh, he's Farley, only 33. That's sad. Yeah. And if, if you watch any documentaries on Chris Farley, uh, watch them. They're really sad. I mean, you think this guy had everything. He was funny. You know, he was charming. He was all these things. You know, he had that mm-hmm. homespun, funny uh, uh, Midwest kind of guy, really nice guy, you know, vibe. And, uh, boy, his uh, his past, his life outside of that was not so hot. Um, right. And then, so, again, all of these read the script, said, I'm in. And as soon as that happened, just shortly after they died, and this is, this, this is the worst thing of all, is so Chris Farley, before he died, um, gave Phil Hartman the script, who was 49 years old, and told him, hey, you know, why don't you do the script? I don't think I'm going to do it. And Phil Hartman looked Aww. at it, and he said, hey, okay, I'm in. Soon as he said that, the next day, he was fatally shot at 3 a.m. by his wife, Bryn, who entered <clears throat> his bedroom. Um, so what I'm saying is, <laughs> what do you notice a similar eerie pattern, a similar number of all the deaths? Hmm. I mean, threes and fours? <laughs> threes. Threes, okay. Because think about it. So 43. Charlie died at 33. John Belushi. Oh, 33, 33, yeah. Okay. Oh, Sam wow. died at 38. Okay. Phil Hartman was shot at 3 a.m. Mm, good point. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> that was just weird. Like, all these have threes in it for the most part. All of them, all of them, you know, immediately after they read this script, um, died. Now, John Candy's close friend, Michael Donahue, he already, I didn't bring him up because he already had some heart issues, but he died like, Three days later, after reading mm-hmm. the oh wow, <laughs> so unfortunate. All of threes, and now you may ask, "Hey, John, sounds like this is a script somebody's going to do." Well, it has been passed, <laughs> and hopefully, yeah. it's none of your favorite stars. But it has been fit, uh, passed to like comedy giants, um, oh, like Chris Rock <laughs> has been passed mm-hmm. to. Uh, Jamie Foxx, um, I'm trying to, uh, Adam Sandler, uh, huh. I'm trying to think of the other people who have passed. Oh, just recently, there was a rumor that got passed to Kevin Hart. So, okay. if any, <laughs> be careful. <laughs> that's what the thing is. Like, people don't, people, here's, here's the thing. And before I ask you what you guys, yes or no, on this. This script has been passed around since the early 80s, late 70s, and they've tried to get numerous people, but mainly they focused on big stars at the time. Mm-hmm. So um, kind of like <laughs> The Chair and Utsi, uh, <laughs> you know, people have seen this and, you know, none of them have died. I, I did a bunch of research. These are the only prominent people who have died or mm-hmm. gotten sick or whatever. And like I said, it's so... Somewhere this script is floating around. 
And you know, no one's going to do it because, and I quote, people are scared. <laughs> I got this from Horrorbound website. <laughs> people are frightened of this script that they're either right. fear or they will die. <laughs> so, yikes. I suppose. Yeah. So, what do you think? Cursed, not cursed coincidence? <laughs> Bro? Uh, I, I mean, I definitely think not more coincidence for sure. I, I think like, I don't know. A lot of these actors, I know at least like John Candy and Chris Varley, they were like not maybe in the best health. And I know uh, a lot of comedians too, just unfortunately, it is like very unfortunate. A lot of comedic actors in Hollywood like are not very happy people. Like they portray very fun, happy-go-lucky people like take um, Robin Williams, for instance, but they have a lot of uh, issues on the side. So I think you know, clearly a lot of these deaths more stem from that. And it seems like the the script is more just a coincidence that it was kind of going around at the time. Um, but I just, I feel like we see so many stories about comedic actors dying right. really young and it's really tragic and sad. But yeah. um, but yeah, I don't really feel like it has anything to do with the script. <laughs> but okay. it is it is interesting though, for sure. Yeah, that the threes, that's what shocked me when I was doing my research. Uh, Megan, sure. what hmm. Well, Brooke really covered it really well, but mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, John, is there a theory you have about the threes or you just notice that it's interesting? Well, it, it comes back to, again, like we talk about in the paranormal, which we'll bring up, I'm sure, in for, uh, future episodes, is three is always prominent, right? 3 a.m., mm-hmm. Trinity, three knocks, you know, where people are in a haunted house, it's knocking three times. So it's just, you know, it's something to do with curses that three is not <laughs> the best, the best number right. you want to associate with that curse. But then again, I'm, I'm just, I was, it was just weird that when I'm, when I was reading this, um, it just kept on 38, 33, 3 a.m. And I was mm-hmm. just like, that is really weird. <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of my that's kind of my theory on it. So I do think part of it with that though is like like when people die in their thirties, it's looked at as like a lot more tragic than yeah. people dying like right. later because thirties is like very young mm-hmm. still. So I think you know like they kind of focus on right. those ages because it's like oh can you believe like you know uh, Chris Farley died when he was thirty three years old. Mm. Uh, because he was so young. So yeah. I feel like that is part of the reason why like the number three comes up a lot is just because right. it's kind of like a sad yeah. age. Yeah. Megan, do you have anything else to add on that? I'm going to go with coincidental as well. Mm. Yeah, so, much. so that's that's what we're going to go with. Yes. I would oh, like to see is- the movie though. <laughs> I do, right? It, it just seems like it would be a fun movie and everything like that. Yeah. Now, there is, the internet is never wrong, right? It always gives us <laughs> great things. So I did find something <laughs> by this, some weird suggestion on one, one of the websites I was looking at was called Horrorbound. So, you know, people are going to put in their comments. One person said there, when they were scouting locations, you know, to do uh, this movie, that an Inuit 
like witch doctor kind of person <laughs> curse them curse the whole thing because well frankly you shouldn't be on inuit tribal land without asking mm. permission <laughs> right and that was the thing now do i believe that absolutely not because you know <laughs> the old woman comes out and curses like two producers walking around looking at locations and says you know eh. right <laughs> eh. yeah right. exactly exactly so that was our cursed episode we'd love to know if you believe in curses do you have any curses out there you'd like to share dairyland frights at gmail are you cursed let us know uh, if you're cursed yes <laughs> that'd if be fun cursed, <laughs> we'd love to know that um <laughs> and anything else megan or brooke anything else you want to bring up about these curses I don't think so. I think this was fun. It's uh, yes, it is fun to look at for sure. Yeah, Megan. It really makes you think about you know the random objects like your bunk bed from hell that we covered yeah. in an earlier episode, mm -hmm. a chair, a script. It's just like very unassuming yeah, things. Yeah. Anything can happen. That's yeah, true. Ab absolutely. So please, like we say every week, um, you know, give your a ghost a. Hi from us and do not curse your ghost. <laughs> <laughs> we don't love our ghosts. ghosts. Yeah, so your <laughs> ghosts don't curse us. And remember, go to YouTube, hit subscribe, um, comment. Uh, we love our super fans, especially Sonny Commander. <laughs> we love to hear from you. <laughs> um, you know, please comment on there. Um, you know, I know you have said that you want to go to a couple of these sites and check out, especially the car. That was Megan was talking about in the previous episode with our UFO and aliens one. So, again, great episode. Stay away from curses. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ladies, I love you. It's been great, uh, as always. And uh, we will talk later. Sounds good. Thanks, John. <laughs>